Hello and welcome to this special edition of The Men Australia Forgot. My name's Aidan Taylor, and today's something different. So very soon, I'll hand over the reins to Nash Fairgo President Jeff Parks. And the reason for this is because I want you to cast your mind back to that first episode, when I played you a snippet from Jeff's speech at a very special service held at the Shrine of Remembrance in Melbourne on December 10 last year, marking 50 years since the end of conscription in Australia. It was history-making for Nasho Fairgo as the first service that they'd held as an association. And look, it was such a powerful moment and such a powerful speech that I thought it deserved its own place in this series. So Jeff kindly recorded a separate version for us here today, and I'd like to present that to you now. So without further ado, here is Jeff's full speech from that very special anniversary. On behalf of the Shrine Trustees, a very warm welcome to you all today. So the 50th anniversary of the Nashos Parade has come to stand fast at ease as I welcome Jeff Parks, President of Nasho Fair Go, the largest association representing 1965-1972 national servicemen. He was conscripted in July 71 and discharged in January 73 and did serve in New Guinea. Would you please welcome Jeff Parks. Tuesday, December the 7th, 1972, is widely recognised as the day the new Whitlam government abolished national service. We will abolish conscription forthwith. While the actual date was in mid-1973, this was the date when still serving national servicemen were told they could pack up and go home if they wished to. It was a date that brought to the end a very divided and fraught era in Australian history. Conscription and Australia's involvement in the Vietnam War divided this country like very few issues have before or after. It caused some of the greatest levels of civilian protest Australia has ever seen. The 1964-72 National Service Scheme was implemented by the Menzies government. Birth dates for two intakes per year were drawn using marbles. To fail to register or to refuse to present for service carried a potential two-year jail sentence. The men who took this option were known as conscientious objectors or conchies. They were treated with contempt and loathing by a large section of the community. I think most of us now would realise that they were men of great principle and courage. Between July 1965 and December 1972, 63,375 men were conscripted to serve in the Australian Defence Forces, primarily the Army. This was just 7% of the 864,000 men who turned 20 in those years. Men undertaking full-time study could apply for deferment of their service. Those called up for, could elect to serve five years in the Citizens Military Force as an alternative to two years full-time service. Anyone who was not called up was able to get on with their life as if nothing had happened. 15,100 of those called up would serve in Vietnam, while the remaining 48,275 would serve in Australia, Malaysia and Papua New Guinea. Six hundred and forty-five would die while during their service. Two hundred and ten of these in Vietnam and four hundred and thirty-five elsewhere. 
The major cause of death was not enemy fire, but road accidents. Men desperate to get home for a weekend with loved ones. Today we remember these young men whose lives were taken in their very prime. We reflect on the futility of the Vietnam War and Australia's involvement in it. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We must also remember the 22,000 of our cohort who have passed in the years since we were discharged from our service. It's a time when we must all be aware of our own mortality. Today we'll also stir memories of our conscription, registering for the draft, our birth dates being called out over the radio, medical examinations and the day we entered the army. There we were, all shapes and sizes, mostly long-haired and unfit. Very few of us ready for our first taste of the military, which would be our life for a considerable time to come. It would be hard to forget watching our long hair falling to the floor as we sat in the barber's chair, exchanging our civic clothes for jungle greens and getting to know our fellow recruits. Probably the greatest culture shock was army discipline and how it was administered. Initially, most of us were terrified by the NCOs who continually screamed at us. No threat or verbal abuse was off the table. Verging on brutality at times, it would probably cause a Royal Commission today. And yet, just a few weeks later, it washed over us, virtually unnoticed, as we became institutionalised. There is no denying that our 10 weeks of basic training transformed us and was an experience that probably shaped the rest of our lives. We would reach levels of fitness even those of us who regularly played sport could never have imagined. Kilos of flab were transformed into lean muscle. We could run eight kilometres in our boots before breakfast. We carried huge packs and weapons over long distances. Out in the bush we slept on the ground and went for days without changing our clothes or taking off our boots. We could dismantle and reassemble weapons in seconds. By the time we marched out of our basic training unit, we felt like we were supermen. Australian Army training is among the world's best. It produces superior soldiers by building teamwork and reliance on mates. I doubt there are many of us who have ever experienced greater levels of mateship than we did during our basic training. After basic training came core training. We were allocated to the various corps that make up our army for further training. A high percentage of national servicemen were sent to infantry regiments. Jungle warfare in Vietnam and Malaysia required bigger, stronger bodies than those of the usual army 17-year-old recruit. These became frontline battle troops. It is no coincidence that Nashos were represented disproportionately in the casualties suffered in Vietnam. Eventually, we were to finish our time and go home. Next came what would be, for many, the biggest hurdle of the whole conscription experience. Some men would be living with the physical and mental scars suffered during their service. Some just found it very hard to settle back into a civilian life that had moved on without them. Some found their relationships with family and friends altered. Some had careers that were set back or ruined. Some could not hack life on the outside 
and went back into the army. Not many people wanted to know about our problems. Australia was just so over Vietnam. So here we are today. We give thanks that we are able to join together to mark this occasion. Men, as you go on your way, always remember, when your country called, you answered. You did your job. Be proud of what you did and who you are. Well done, men. Thank you.